0: Hello, friends, and welcome to the Jupiter Journeys Podcast. This is your host, Devon, and I want to welcome you to this episode on, unfortunately, it's going to be a little bit of a heavier topic, which is death, grief, recovery, and trusting your intuition. So it's going to be a little bit of all of that. And again, for, those, for some of you, this might be too triggering. It might be too much, um, and that's okay. Uh, This might be one that you need to skip for now and maybe revisit later. Um, But today is August 24th, and it is actually my son Ramsey's birthday. And this is my firstborn son who was um, unfortunately passed after being uh, after five weeks from SIDS. And so I've titled this episode The Sad Mommy's Club, and I wish it wasn't the case. And it was a a term that somebody introduced me to after Ramsey died that she had said that, I I wish no other mother was a member of the Sad Mommies Club. But but again, it could include sad dads as well, because obviously dads are also experiencing the grief and loss when they lose a child. So I want to walk you through what the process was, what happened, how I was feeling, all of that stuff. And then I'm going to tell you how I healed myself um, and how I worked through that grief, because grief looks different for everybody. And what worked for me may not work for you, but I'm just going to give you guys some tips and things. And again, this can uh, apply to any loss that you've had, whether you lost a child, a parent, a spouse, a sibling, a best friend, um, cousins, grandparents, all of that, it applies. So let me tell you first, just a little bit of background. Um, I had my first child when I was 32. So uh, my ex and I had dated. He wanted to get married and have kids, and I didn't. I was very adamant against it. Um, but, you know, a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure from, from friends, um, from family members. It's time to settle down. It's time to get married. Your biological clock is ticking. Um, you need, you know, again, you need to settle down. You need to get married. And at the sep- same time, my stepdad was going um, going through cancer. He was battling cancer, and he he would pass soon. So all of those things happening, um, you know, you feel like it's the right time, especially at age thirty-two. You're feeling that pressure to settle down, get married, all of those things. And I will tell you that in hindsight, and of course we know that hindsight's twenty-twenty. But in hindsight, my intuition was screaming at me to not marry this person and to not have children with them. And all of the red flags were there, and I didn't listen, and Uh, experienced many years of pain and suffering um, because of that decision, Ramsey just being one part of that equation. So it turned out to be a very on-again, off-again, toxic kind of relationship, um, which losing a child just exacerbated that. So first and foremost, I want to say trust your intuition. And if if it's screaming at you to not marry someone and not have children, trust it just trust it um but then on the other side let me talk about grief and how it you know the impact that it can have on people because you know again i didn't really want to have kids or get married but you know decided it was time to did it um didn't do the whole traditional wedding went to the justice of the peace after already being pregnant um the pregnancy was planned obviously So I was pregnant with Ramsey when we got married. Um, And then he was born in August. Um, Obviously, like I said, August 24th and in 2007. And so he was five weeks old, newborn baby at home. Um, You know, the ex is working full time. He was a restaurant manager, worked long hours. And at the time, you know, I'm at home alone, um, got a baby, all of that good stuff, still recovering, still healing but pretty fun pretty joyful ride of new motherhood right now you have this cute sweet little baby and the the morning that he died in in weird intuition kind of vibes uh, my ex and i both had really really strong painful headaches that morning which was unusual for both of us because we d- were not headache kind of people but um just again like signaling something bad was about to happen something was coming again, this is the whole intuitive thing. And we'll talk about building your intuitive muscles um, on another episode. But so back to the morning that Ramsey died is, it was one of those mornings, you know, the usual, um, the morning routine, um, you know, I was in the shower, the ex was, um, you know, taking care of the baby. Um, I had, you know, mentioned multiple times, um, don't put him to sleep on his stomach. They say that's, um, it makes, you know, it's, can, You know, it can lead to SIDS and your baby can stop breathing, you know, the usual guidelines for keeping a baby safe, right? No stuffed animals in the crib, um, no heavy blankets, don't put them to sleep on their stomach, those types of things. Um, And unfortunately, um, you know, he put Ramsey to sleep on his stomach. And when I came out of the shower and came to go check on him, he was purple and blue. And I immediately called 911. 911 they walked me through resuscitating him. And I did the whole, you know, um, they walked me through the steps on how to resuscitate a baby, got him breathing again. Um, Ambulance came. We went to Grady first before getting transferred to Scottish Wright Children's Hospital. Um, But when you resuscitate a child and they've gone without oxygen, obviously it can cause brain damage. So I did resuscitate him, got him to the first hospital. They took him to the second one. He was in the ICU, which by the way, um, you know, the Children's Hospital of Atlanta, nothing but amazing nurses. Like seriously, all of those nurses are like literal angels. They're like how they do their job is beyond me. Um but we were there for probably 3 days, I want to say. It was 3 days we were there. He was breathing um again because I resuscitated him, but the brain tam- damage was too permanent. So after 3 um neuroscientists like um, came in and did brain scans, they're like, yeah, there's nothing there. There's no activity there. So we knew like, we can keep him on life support. You know, you'd already been on life support for three days. Um, They're like, so we can keep him on life support for an extended period of time, but we don't know that any outcome will happen. So again, after getting the opinion of three different experts, we decided to take him off life support. And he passed on October 1st. And as you can imagine, um, those three days in the hospital were like, I don't know, it's, it's very surreal when you're going through crisis like that. And for some of you, you've been through similar crisis with family members and loved ones where it just happens so fast. You're not prepared for it and you don't know how you are going to respond nor how other people are going to respond. And it was very interesting just to be in that hospital and be around other parents. And like, unfortunately, there was a dad who was losing his 14 year old daughter to cancer in the next room over from us. And it was one of those where my Sagittarius optimism just straight up kicked in because while I, I knew that my son was gonna die, I knew I was still capable of having more children. And unfortunately the man nearby, like it wasn't an option for him. He was he was past, um, you know, his wife was past the age of having more children. So again, you know, I'm always gonna see the light in, and again, keep in mind, this is way before like my spiritual awakening. So, but I'm still gonna see the optimism and the positive side and that I could still have more children. And I quickly did because Donovan was born uh, one year later and almost to the exact day. And my doctor wanted me to, um, to, she wanted to induce me on the exact same day, actually on August 24th, the following year, 2008. And I asked her, can we at least make it a day later? So I'm not celebrating like Ramsey's birthday and Donovan's on the same day. Cause that would be weird. And she said, sure. So Donovan was born a year later, August 25th. That's how quickly I got pregnant. And that's another side of losing a baby and losing a child is when you don't have complications with conception, it makes you super grateful that you don't have, because especially when you have girlfriends around you that either can't conceive or having trouble conceiving, you just realize how grateful you are to be able to just stop taking the pill and boom, you're pregnant. So that part was amazing that, again, I had no complications during my pregnancy um, and or getting pregnant and conceiving um, with Donovan and then later with Ryder. But back to um, Ramsey's death and, you know, just grief in general. And I'll tell you, like, so watching how people respond during crisis is also nothing short of amazing. Watching my friends and my family just immediately just step in while I was, like, out in la-la land because I don't even know what's happening. So I'm not even, like, fully present, right? I'm just, like, zoned out, like, what is happening? And, like, my friends just, like, straight up jumped in. And like my friends came through, um, and of course this is in Atlanta. My friends came through immediately, just fed everybody who was at the house, went and got food for everybody. Um, we had a funeral service for Ramsey in Atlanta. And then we did a second one in Indiana where he's buried. And the first one in Atlanta, like, honestly, my friends coordinated like all of that. They just went through my phone and my ex's phone and they just contacted all of our friends. They said, Hey, the funeral is going to be, you know, on this day at this place in East Atlanta and- you know, just gathered the troops to be there and support. And it was just surprising to see how everybody responded. Um, And or it was weird at the actual funeral, right? It's already weird. It's super weird to have a funeral for a baby. And to see a baby's casket is like heartbreaking. Um, But watching how everybody responded and came through and shockingly enough, my OBGYN came and spoke at the funeral. Didn't even know how she found out, how she knew, who contacted her. I don't know, but she was there. It was amazing. Um, So shout out to Dr. Adams for that. Um, But, you know, again, our friends and family, everybody just came through and they showed up and they were, you know, super supportive and loving. Um, There was a couple of weird things that happened. And you might find this either, you know, if you've gone through some grief and some tragedy, you might've found this too. But I thought it was so weird how people were trying to like comfort us But at the same time, they would make it about themselves. It was super weird. Um, Like, we're, you know, you know how you like get in line and everybody's like, oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. But people are like, oh, yeah, I haven't been able to sleep. I haven't been able to eat or I got wasted last night. I was so distraught or I was so upset I couldn't do this or I was so upset that I couldn't do that. And like people were like sharing how distraught they were. And I was like, how are you making this about you? Like, that is super weird. And then I thought about it, of course, you know, way later after the funeral. Um, But I thought about it and was like, oh, no, I realize why they're doing this is that it's their way of connecting. Because there really isn't anything good to say. There's nothing right to say. You can't really bring that much joy and comfort to somebody who just lost a five-week-old baby. You really can't there's not too many comforting words that people can find so all they can do is meet you in in your grief right which is really in that space they're doing the the most loving thing they feel they can do which is say hey i see your grief like i i i too am struggling with what just happened to your child so it was one of those types of experiences i'll say that it was an experience that After you go back and look at it, you say, oh, they were doing the best they could with what they had. And I was just, you know, again, like I said, I was just zoned out. And honestly, there's a lot of things around that time period. Like, I just, I don't have any memories. I was out of it. But again, I've read a lot about grief afterwards. And I know everybody feels differently and they process grief differently. Um, But I feel like the kindest thing that people did during that time, so if you know somebody who's grieving and has lost somebody close to them, really the kindest thing you can do is just ask them what they need because everybody's needs are going to be different. Some people want people around them. They want to be distracted. They want to laugh and find joy in other things. Other people don't want to laugh and smile or feel joy at all because then they feel guilty like they should only be dealing with pain and suffering. So everybody processes grief differently. And so you have to go back and just ask people what they need from you. That's really the kindest thing you can do. And it was the kindest thing that my friends and family did at the time, was just asking me what I need. Do you need food? Um, do you need me to do something? Um, if you need to call me, do so, those types of things. Um, and it really, at the time, and I'm grieving, and my ex is working long hours and you know, processing grief. He went back to work two days later. So. Um, that's how he chose to deal with his grief. I obviously spent a lot of time crying, boo hooing, um, like, what just happened? Um, but it also was like, well, I enjoyed that time period of being a mother. I want to do it again. Right. So, here are all these years had led up to me saying I never wanted to be a mom. I was like, wait a minute. That was like super cool. I want to do it again. And so, hence Donovan coming along soon after. Um, but in processing the grief, it kind of sent me in the X in two different paths. I went down the path of like, oh my gosh, life is so short and so fragile. Like I just lost my baby at five weeks old, right? I can have more kids, but I lost a child. And so life is short, life is fragile. I'm going to live it to the fullest. I'm gonna stop letting all the little small things bother me and I'm gonna live life to the fullest because I could go tomorrow, right? I'm gonna have more fun, I'm gonna take more pictures and I'm, I'm just going all out of, of making the best that I can of this life experience. My ex, um, was depressed. Um, he stopped eating. Um, he was having an affair at the time. Um, years later, he told me that he was actually crying to his mistress about losing the child, not to me, but to the mistress. Um, we ended up leaving Atlanta and moving to Memphis where the depression turned into violence and, you know, just downhill from there. So again, you can't predict how people are going to respond to, uh, the loss of a child or a loss of a close loved one i know for me i heavily relied on my girlfriends um and my friends too because tj and mario are in that but um i relied on my friends a lot and my family a lot definitely my sisters um nay and tuesday and again so i'm relying on my friends and family and he didn't have that same level of intimate support network yes he had had some friends that he could rely on but it made me realize so many men out there just rely on women for intimacy. They don't have those strong bonds with other men where they feel like they can vent or be vulnerable or those types of things. Um, so while I spent a lot of years being resentful for the infidelity um, and the lies, I also understood um, why you know he would need to go be with another woman to get those needs met right? Um, Because as he said, he couldn't face me because of the guilt. Um, The guilt, not just from the actual incident of putting the baby to sleep on his stomach, but the guilt of here, I've pressured this woman to have a child and now the child has passed, right? So it was a lot of guilt and shame around that for him. Um, And, you know, we did the whole marriage counseling and all of that, but unfortunately it was towards the end of the marriage. So it was kind of past all of the Um, resentment and the lies and just bringing out the worst in each other, because I'm not proud of how I behaved during that time period either. I was, you know, I was distant. I was angry. Um, And again, when you're going through it, you can't always see how you're responding and you can't always be the best version of yourself. And that's okay. You don't have to be all things to all people when you are the one grieving. Right. Give yourself the space and the room to process it, however you need to, um, because that's really what you need. You need room to breathe and process things, especially when it's like a surprise traumatic event, like it's not expected. I'm not saying that even if it was expected, it'd be any better. It's still grief, right? Um, but at the same time, the more you understand your emotions, and the more you understand, um, you know, how you're feeling and what what you need to process through your emotions then you can get those needs met right that's been a big challenge in my adult life is understanding what i need and then the ability to speak up about said needs i didn't know what i needed at the time to speak up about those needs and you know same goes for my ex you don't know what you need until the needs not being met right so most of our complaints are just unmet needs and again you're going to have to figure it out when the time comes and it will come you know and i had a former pastor say that and it's true adversity is going to strike bad things are going to happen in your life and it's not always as traumatic as the death of a child but there are bad things that are going to happen right somebody's going to die you're going to lose something um you could lose a job a house a marriage a car things are going to happen who is your support team because you shouldn't wait till tragedy to have a support team in place. And I know that if you're out there and you're listening, you're a support team for somebody, right? You're providing somebody support in some way. So who's providing support for you, right? And a lot of us struggle, especially those of us who are Sagittarius, we struggle with asking for help and we struggle for speaking up about our needs because we think it makes us weak and it doesn't. It makes us human. We are, we're human and we're having a human experience. And so my recommendation is that you have a support team in place before tragedy strikes, but also know no matter what it is, whatever the tragedy, the adversity, whatever it is that you might encounter or experience, you can heal yourself from it. You can. It's going to take time um, and don't put a time limit or, you know, anything like that on it and ask for help, not just from your physical people here in this life, ask for help from the non-physical from your spirit guides, from your angels, for whatever God you're praying to. Ask for help in giving you strength to get through it. Guide me through this. You know We're co-creating with the universe. Ask for help when you need it um, and you'll be surprised at what shows up. And it may be in the form of a person. It may be in the form of a book, a movie. You know, Help is available to you when you ask. So think about that um, in regards to um, resilience and healing yourself from tragedy. And now you might be hearing this story about my son's passing and it might be shocking and appalling and things like that. But, you know, this was 15 years ago for me, right? And now I have, I'm fortunate I have two healthy children, one who's turning 14 tomorrow. So I'm very blessed to have two healthy children and I'm aware of that and I appreciate it every day and I'm having fun as a mom. It actually is super fun. Um, but, you know, think about all of the good things that are going on in your life um, that you always have new things that you can create, no matter how much tragedy or adversity you've experienced um, or might experience in the near future, that you can heal yourself from literally anything. You really can, and help is available. And just find the people who've been through a similar experience and listen to how they were able to recover and how they were able to heal themselves, because there's so many different types of healing available. It's it's limitless right? Of of what could possibly work for you too. For me, it was the spiritual path. Um, it was my friends and family, the love of my friends and family. I already had a solid network in place when it happened. Um, but then again, as you heard in my last episode, is that it sparked my spiritual journey, which just sent me on a whole next level of awareness and happiness and joy. So there's also that. Um, but the other takeaway is trusting your intuition, right? Is my intuition had told me way back before even having kids that I should not have gotten married and had children with this person. Um, And again, this isn't just to bash him because again, I have been just as toxic and made just as many mistakes throughout that, you know, that whole connection. Um, And I take accountability and have forgiven myself for behaving less than what I'm proud of um, throughout that time period. Um, But it's also to say that I should have trusted my intuition. My intuition told me don't do it. And I did it anyways, um, because of all the pressure around me. Everybody's saying I need to get married. I need to settle down. I need to have kids, all of those things. Let go of that because your intuition is telling you, hey, this is about to be a struggle for you. This is about to be a whole lot of adversity. And you know it in your heart before you do it so trust that more than you trust anything else is trust your intuition if it's telling you don't do it then don't do it but on the other side if you're super excited about something and you you know every time you think about it you're excited and it's bringing you joy do it that's also your intuition guiding you it's guiding you to your joy right so while it was very tragic that i lost my son my joy was guiding me to have more children because I knew they would bring me joy and they do. And they're super fun. But I also, you know, if you guys have never heard this is they say that kids like ages seven to like 14 are like the most fun. And I have to agree. They're super fun and we have a lot of fun together. So um, with that being said, if you're listening to this and you're a part of the sad mommy or sad daddy, again, I don't want to exclude the dads um, club, you know, I'm really sorry for your loss. Um, there is healing available. Um, There's all kinds of people who've been through um, what you've been through. There's support groups, there's healing modalities. There's just a lot of stuff available if you find it. Um, But you also don't have to let tragedy and adversity and grief consume your life. You don't. We still have a lot of years and a lot of things that we can create and experience. And when you go down the spiritual path and you're connected to the other side, um, you get a bigger picture view of why certain things need to happen. Um, But also that no matter what it is, that you can heal from it, you can create a different life, you can go a different path, and that tragedy doesn't define you. It might reshape you, but it doesn't completely define you, and you don't have to stay in grief for an extended period of time. You don't. And to be honest, um, if you were channeling your loved ones on the other side, they actually don't want you to. They want you to have fun. They want you to experience um, the most joy that you can in your time here on Earth. Um, That's really what they want for you. And when you pass, you'll want the same um, for your family members and loved ones. You'll want them to experience joy because there's really no um, point of just living for years and decades in grief. Who does that serve? Nobody. It doesn't serve anybody here and it doesn't serve anybody on the other side. So process it. Take as much time as you need to process whatever grief you're dealing with and then get back to who you really are, which is a creator. So again, I know that was a pretty heavy episode, um, but... Again, it needed to be said, and I wanted to share with you guys the experience. And again, the biggest takeaway lessons that I want you guys to have from this is that one, you can heal from grief no matter what what it is, and two, trust your intuition. And with that being said, I'll wrap this up. So just a reminder that all is well. You are loved. You are constantly supported by the universe. And remember to have some fun on your own journeys throughout this earth school. And until next time, peace and blessings.